We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the fifth and final episode of Rewind's trip back to 1990 to look at the birth of one of Australia's finest albums, Archie Roach's debut Charcoal Lane. I'm Steve Bell. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, please don't start listening here. Head back to the start if you haven't already to make sure you get the full picture. Today, Charcoal Lane is still reverberating down the line. That was the first couple of minutes of Briggs' 2015 track, The Children Came Back. His reimagining or adaptation of, or sequel to, Charcoal Lane Cornerstone took the children away that he recorded with help from much Miss Yongu singer-songwriter Dr G and Palawa artist Dwayne Everett-Smith. It stems back to NAIDOC week in 2014 when Briggs was asked to contribute a song to Triple J's Like a Version segment. I had the opportunity to reach millions of people, yeah, like like with this, with this track, uh, with this moment on the radio. And um, for me, it was like, sorry, it was, um, it was like, what do I do? And, you know, I, I wrote this song, like I flipped, you know, took the children away. Um, I had, I had a couple of weeks, maybe 10 days to make it happen. And because I wanted to draw people's, like, first of all, I wanted Archie to get his flowers while he could smell them. You know what I mean? I don't think that happens enough, especially for black folks. And I wanted to let him know um, the relevance 
like not that he needed it not that he needed any of my validation or anything like that but you know i just wanted him to know from me that his story is important and he's an inspiration to to us all and and i thought like what a great opportunity to use his text and bring it to this audience now and give them a history lesson you know what i mean so it's like here's your history lesson from me briggs you know what i mean and it's like by you know just by the nature of that they're going to know that i flipped the archie roach song and they're going to you know more often than not they're going to go back and listen to to archie's song too just to see what i did you know what i mean to see how we flipped it and so they're going to hear Archie's story as well. And it's like, it's about bringing our history and our truth of Blackfellas, you know, back into the world and giving it another breath of life, you know, and giving it another push, another reminder. It was about, you know, taking his story because like you know, at the end of... Um, the end of um, took the children away. He says, you know, the children came back. I came back. Yeah. And I was like, yep. So what's the second part of that, man? Like, let's talk about all the great things that happened, you know, from then to now, you know what I mean? Let's, let's do a history lesson. Let's look at, let's look at all the obstacles that we overcame to achieve phenomenal greatness, the anomalies, you know what I mean? The outliers and, and all these like world beaters, champions, you know what I mean? That, that, that happened after, you know what I mean? From, from that point onwards, like let's, let's do one where we just all celebrate like all of our big wins. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was about. It's like, cause I felt like so much of our presence in, in art and in the media was always in a past tense. You know what I mean? It was always like reminiscent um, like Blackfellas did this and Blackfellas were this. And it's like, yeah, but like we're world beaters, we're champions now too. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, they talk about Indigenous people, Aboriginal people, you know, Blackfellas, like, you know, reminiscent, mournful in a past tense. And then suddenly in this present time, when we win, we're Australian. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, we kind of get, you know, they kind of get washed a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, it, we talk about this idea that, you know, the Kid Leroy or whatever is a, is a world beater with one of the biggest songs in the world at the moment. And it's great for an Australian, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's great. But like, he's a black follower, you know, don't forget. And like, so yeah, I just wanted to put all of our wins on the table. You know what I mean? Like, that's all. I just wanted to point at the scoreboard and be like, yeah, we won. We're, you know, best on ground, brown low, everything. You know what I mean? Dally M's, give us it all. You know what I mean? It's us, immortals. You can feel echoes of Archie and Chuck Lane in the ferocious rhetoric of Briggs' own best work as well. His recent single, Shadows, a reworking of the Troy Casadaly song, Shadows on the Hill, which he recorded with Troy, whose mother was from the Gumbanga and Bunjalong people, shines a light on historical massacres of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people by white settlers, seeking to expose a shameful secret of our colonial past to a wider audience. 
It's a bit louder and angrier than Archie was all those years back, but it comes from a pretty similar place. Well, my whole approach to it was like, um, with my music, was like everybody has Archie Roach. So what am I going to bring to the table? You know what I mean? Like, Archie is Archie is warm and inviting, and he tells a story, and he doesn't hit you over the head. And I was like, well, I'm going to hit him over the head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just going to hit him over the head. I'm going I'm to talk how I talk, you know, with my cousins. And, like, but... He, um, like, you know, we stand on, on shoulders of, of him and we're rumpy band, you know what I mean? And, and TCD and these guys who, and like, then I come through and do my thing with like, you know, me and AB original. And then suddenly other rappers and other artists, you know, don't look that extreme. And it's also about like broadening the spectrum of what an indigenous artist can be it's like we don't have to have one note it doesn't have to be we will survive and we will you know we will strive and we will you know it's like no 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 we we're here where we have we, we've done that part like we're here we're present like what do you want to say right in this moment now you know what i mean like i don't I didn't want to apologize for being who I am. I didn't, you know, I was very much more interested in saying, fuck you, I'm here. You know what I mean? Like deal with it. Um, and also like, and but at the same time saying, you know, it's, it's like, we love Archie. We love TCD. And you know what I mean? Like, we love Christina and we love the titters and stiff gins and we love everyone who's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we're doing it our way. You know what I mean? It's like unapologetic and fun and angry because it's okay to be angry. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like not everything has to be a discussion. Not everything, you know, sometimes it's like, it's, it's artistry, man. It's painting a picture. It's like, every now and then you just got to you know do what feels good and like you know and then if you know if i have a different opinion another day i'll paint that picture too you know what i mean like i'm, I'm just going to do what i want and archie and you know these artists that come before us and like the artists that follow us from us now you know what i mean it's like it's like because we stepped out and stretched, you know, the ideas of what Indigenous artists are allowed to be or allowed to say, it's like they can be anything. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's the way it should be. And the artists that follow them should be, you know, should stretch that as well. Like the biggest, one of the biggest artists in the world right now is a black fella from Sydney, the Kid Leroy. You know what I mean? Like, one of the biggest artists in the world is a black fella. You know what I mean? It's like, so we can be whatever we want. You know what I mean? We can be whoever we feel. And 
from Archie Roach to, you know, Briggs and AB Original and Trials to the Kid Leroy, it's like, it's like, bro, take your pick. You can fit in anywhere. You can be whoever you want to be. Emma Donovan has also played a similar role in keeping Chuck O'Lane's music alive and introducing it to new audiences. Back in 2015, she and her band The Putbacks released a single raising funds for the SOS Black Australia charity with a rumpy band cover on one side and a gorgeous soul rendition of Down City Streets with help from Archie himself on the other. SOS Black Australia mob. I'll snoop around here. I think I got one um, copy of it. It was a little 45, a little um, seven inch we did. Um, yeah, we did a version of like Black Fella, White Fella um, with brothers there, Joel and um, Tim Rogers. But yeah, it was beautiful because when, when we did Down City Streets, we asked Dunk, did he want to come and um, have a sing with us and we did it, you know, we loved it. They're beautiful songs. No one will ever, you know, um, yeah, like it's such a powerful record, Charcoal Lane, and it's like no one can ever take that away from But, you know, at the same time, there's something about them old songs, like I just would love to see millions of versions of them all, you know, like, and I think, yeah, I think there's a, pretty good start to that. <laughs> like, there's a lot of beautiful versions of them iconic songs. I think the thing I used to get frightened of, like, you know, working alongside some pretty deadly musos, I'd always get frightened of just simple chords and stuff that I know. Um, like I play around with the uke only because i got a bad arm, but I always tell people I know my initials, you know, like I know enough, you know, enough chords. Um, when you listen to an Archie Roach song, you just, you, you know, I got so excited that when I started playing and picking up the ukulele that I could play along with them, you know, because I always felt like, oh, I don't know enough flash chords or this and that, but you're right, like simple chords, you know, simple lyrics. <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. As Emma said before, it's so exciting that these songs are being passed on and revisited. 
Now let's quickly jump back to the 90s one last time to the eventual release of Charcoal Lane in the States. In 1992, more than two years after its local release, the album was released over there on High Tone Records, so Archie headed over the pond to promote Charcoal Lane in the USA. The only slight issue was that he'd already released his second album, Jammu Dreaming, here in Australia, so he was in a totally different headspace. It was, because, you know, you, 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 that's just something that we'd done. You know, and now we're doing the second album, you know, Jammu Dreaming. And, uh, and I like to sort, uh, well, I've got to get my head around back in the, in the, in the charcoal lane. And that being not long after, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier now to get back in the charcoal lane than it was then, a, a year probably later or so. And, uh, but yeah, so, so it was, it was a little hard at first, but you, you know, you, 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 you after a day or two, you're right, yeah. Which was fortunate because Charcoal Lane got an amazing reception in the States. US Rolling Stone offered, in the best singer-songwriter tradition, Charcoal Lane is deeply moving in both personal and political terms, and that magazine named the album in their end-of-year list of the top 50 albums of 92. Around the same time in 92, The Guardian gushed, Archie Roach may have recorded the most compelling debut record of the year, Charcoal Lane is astonishing. People overseas loved it, and all manner of people were coming to the US shows. It was. It's amazing some of the places we played. There was a, you know, one place we played, I forget what the name it was, but there was a big line-up right around, went right, out, right out the doors, around the corner, people were coming to watch us play. I'm going, wow. I said, this is America. You know, people know where I am over here. But to get that, then to... to and to have the audiences there was, was pretty amazing and to and to uh get people to come up and and, and uh and uh they give us flowers and stuff like that or some sort of present and saying that said oh we're, we're friends of alice walker and I, I didn't know who alice walker was at the time and uh she she hopefully she can catch up with you one time so it wasn't the first time in America we caught up with Alice, but later on, we went to America uh, years later, we caught up with Alice Walker, who was famous for writing that book, The Colour Purple. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a bit surreal at first, but it was, uh, it was to, to get the people that we had there along, you know, and, and the audiences that we did have, was, uh, was amazing, really. I was reading that you were nearly finished the tour and you were quite homesick and then you were asked to do another Joan Armour trading tour. Like that must have been sort of good and bad at the same time. Well, at first it was bad because, you know, we'd, we'd been there in America for about three weeks already, you know, doing uh, uh, from uh, East Coast to West Coast. And... Uh, Finished that, and I thought it was good. I, I knew they were talking to Jane over trading, my tour manager. But uh, the day that we were, you know, the day before we were supposed to leave and come back home to Australia, good old Oz, uh, our tour manager came and said, you know, unpack your bags, we're going to stay here probably for another 
for the month of doing the Jain Lama training tour. You know, they, they, they've accepted us. And you know, I could have jumped out of the bed and strangled him. So I was, I was, I was ready to go home, but there you go. We had to calm down and then just, just do it. And I'm glad we did that because we got to meet Joan. He was amazing, lovely, lovely person, Joan Lama training. In the intervening years since the release of Charcoal Lane, both Archie and Mushroom have also been working hard to properly curate the album's legacy. In 2015, for the album's 25th anniversary, a remastered two-CD reissue was released, with the second disc including six beautiful covers of Chuck or Lane songs by contemporary artists, including the two we've already heard from Briggs and Emma, as well as the full Live at the Wireless session from 1990. Here's a taste of Paul revisiting the song Chuck or Lane, this time alongside Courtney Barnett. Side by side, we'd walk along to the end of Gertrude Street. Then we'd top all in mustard for a coat of wine. Thick or thin, right or wrong, in the cold and in the heat. Cross over Smith Street to the end of the line Then we laugh and sing Do anything to take away the pain Trying to keep it down As it first went round In Charcoal Lane Getting closer and closer to its end. Have a sip and roll some smokes. We smoke tailor maids if we could. Or we just make do with some city street flags. Oh, it's beautiful, you know, listening to some of the, some of the, the songs and uh, how the people. Uh, you know, covered them, you know, and uh, their own their own versions, which was really good. And uh, yeah, it would have been terrible if they just had, had it been sort of a, like you know, copies of you know of how I'd done them, but it wasn't. It was their own their own uh, style and their own way they how they envisioned envisioned the songs, and uh, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, it, it's, I know, it, 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 it makes you think, wow. You know, I've covered people's songs for years, but when you, when you have your own song covered, you think, wow, that's, it's quite humbling. It's a bit of a blessing as well to be able to, to hear that and what, what I, how other people uh, see a song and uh, the way that they interpret it. It's probably a better word how they interpret one of your songs. And I, I just love it. Yeah. It's like your songs are part of the folk tradition now. People sing them around campfires and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's it's true. It's uh, you know, I hear people singing a version of of, of, of this song or down city streets, and, and that is, uh, I, yeah, I I have to tell some people that this is a Ruby Hunter song, really, because they think it's it's, it's my song. So I just had the privilege of singing it, but yeah, and it's just uh, yeah. So a lot of songs become part of that that tradition, like folks, and where people just singing them somewhere, campfire or in the kitchen or wherever they are. Yeah. Then in 2020, for the 30th anniversary, unable to tour due to COVID, Archie re-recorded Charcoal Lane in full around his kitchen table, releasing it as the songs of Charcoal Lane. His voice is older and more expressive now, but the songs have lost none of their inherent power. The important thing is that you realise that the songs, and some of them you hadn't done for, for probably 30 years, but they'd actually grown. The songs have grown with you as you've grown as a person. And you've got a better idea of how to interpret that song than you did when, because when, when I first... When they were recorded, uh, they were they were just new and fresh. Yeah, you know, the ink wasn't even dry on the paper that the songs were written on, and uh, that's how new they were and fresh. So after after thirty years later, when they they had a time to mature and grow, because you have, as you have, uh, you've got a better idea of the song and how it should be sung. And uh, but that's. Yeah, that, that's just growing as a person, as a musician as well, and uh, to find to find that the songs they still mean the same as when they're written, but it's, it's, I suppose it's yeah, it's it's a lot deeper. Yeah. While the city's 
in the parks that they have planned Look at a place because the spirit's in the land Oh, look at a place because the spirit's in Chuck Lane co-producer Paul Kelly has worked on and off with Archie in the studio over the intervening years, but they're always crossing paths on the road, and he recalls that the last couple of times in particular have been really special. I just uh, um, have so much admiration for him, and um, you know, we don't get to work together that often, but every time we do, it's, it's, it's an honour, um, you know, Archie did his second record with um, David Bridey and and David rang me up, you know, just, you know, for a few just sort of general sort of chat about it and advice. And of course, he didn't need any advice, but that they asked me to come in and sing a harmony here and there, which is really nice. Um, later on, uh, Archie worked with Richard Pleasance on a record, and I got involved in a couple of tracks on that as well. So it's just been that sort of. Um, intermittent contact uh, and doing shows over the years yeah we, we, we got together again with the 25th anniversary and um we were planning to do a bit more with the 30th anniversary but uh, that all that got uh, shut down by the, the lockdowns so um but you know what i guess a highlight for me last year was um been involved in Archie's in, uh, induction into the Hall of Fame down at down at Warrnambool. Can you tell me about that? What was that occasion like? Well, Archie wasn't very well. He was in hospital, and um, I mean, originally they, they planned to do the induction in Melbourne, somewhere, but um, it became apparent that he he couldn't come up to Melbourne, so we took. Uh, the mountain to Muhammad. <laughs> um, all the, all the, because you know, it was planned to do, uh, have, do the song with a, a few guest, guest singers. So we all went down to Warrnambool. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of the whole cast in, involved. It was Paul Roboski, uh, Linda, Paul, um, um, Mavachi's relatives, um, and we got together to we it, the doctors were you know quite concerned that it wouldn't that it'd be able to get through the show. So actually we actually went to rehearse in the hospital in Warrnambool, um, and we rocked up there and they found us a little room which is just one of the nurses' lunch lunch rooms or the doctors' lunch rooms and they. They, they cleared it cleared it out for us. We did a just an acoustic run through of the arrangement how it's going to work, um, and then went back to the theatre. Um, and then Archie came and he had to have all you know all his um, breathing equipment and so on. Um, and then they rolled the cameras and filmed it, and I think we got it on the first take. So uh, uh, you know that was. It was really very, very powerful, and uh, it, yeah, 
there was just, you know, his doctors and the medical staff there and they were all backstage and um, you could tell how much they loved Archie, Archie and cared for him. And that, while I was talking to one of the doctors, he said, can you come down and do this? Uh, can you come down and do this every day? <laughs> this is really, uh, you know, this has really lifted his spirits and, um, you know, he's a lot, his well-being is, is, is really picked up from just singing. So, you know, and then I'm having a chat to the doctor about, you know, singing, how, how good it is for you. And um, yeah, they were worried on the one hand that, the, that doing this thing would sort of maybe set him back. But in fact, it actually, it, it um, you know, really, really helped him get stronger and feel good. And I know this is a thing that Archie's talked about quite a lot, you know, that he keeps doing concerts, keeps singing, keeps making records, because for him this is this gives him gives him strength. I mean I think one of the most extraordinary concerts I've, I've ever seen was Archie at the uh, My Music Bowl earlier this year. Was it? Earlier this year? In one of those brief periods when we, we could go to shows. Um, yeah, it was early this year because it was just just a week before Michael Gudinski died. But Archie came on stage and again he had to, had to have all, all the help with the, the breathing, the tanks. And, uh, and then the, we, did, we did a lot of talking during the show. Uh, it was, you know, it was part concert part uh, song, part philosophy, um, hard to describe really, I've never seen a concert quite like it. Um, but the way he came out at the start and said, just spoke to the audience and said, you know, I'm here, uh, I'm here because I want to be here, I need to do this, I can feel, feel strong connection with you all, you know, and I need to do this with you. Um, nobody's making me be here. Um, this is this is good for me. I hope it's good for you. You know, something along those lines. But uh, yeah, amazing concert. Of course, when Archie was inducted into the Aria Hall of Fame, he led an all-star cast through a breathtaking rendition of "Took the Children Away," the song that started it all. But he was introduced for the induction by Briggs who gave a beautiful speech praising Archie for sharing his strength and creating both a pathway and a benchmark that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists could strive for. Your career changes and it grows, yeah? And, like, one thing I've, I take away from Arch, and I, I, I take lots of, um, you know, I take a lot. <laughs> but, like I, like, I take a lot from a lot of different artists and a lot from my friends and, you know, and and... One thing I take away from Archer's career that I try to embody is, um, you know, longevity. And like that is, is testament to, to him to be performing, you know what I mean? From, from then till now, you know what I mean? It's, it's always just been this um, amazing, amazing career and like you know you can be cool today but how do you be cool forever you know what i mean like 
that was always like that was what i'd ask myself it's like yeah you can have a hot song now but what's it worth you know what i mean like what do you want to be in 10 years and you know i I never really thought about it for a long time until i was um you know a little bit you know kind of moving through my career and and i started i started to stop and look around and and look at other people who were you know doing it and a bit older and just trying to have a little bit of foresight and like archie's strength you know to be his artistry and the honesty about that and how he moves and you know and just like to be able to perform these songs from charcoal lane till now says a lot you know what i mean like if he only ever did that album or that song you know what i mean well you know if he only ever did charcoal lane it's more than enough you know what i mean and i think that's what i really tried to do with my career after you know after i really started thinking about that you know what i mean like it's like you should try to make a a moment and try to say something as much as possible you know what i mean because it might be the thing that that you you say forever you know what i mean it might be the thing that people ask you to to do forever you know what i mean so it's like try to make something that's worth it and like to see him um you know still perform and charcoal lane to still resonate the way that it does um it's inspiring for sure vicar and linda have also crossed paths with archie regularly over the years and Linda was also involved in Archie's Aria Hall of Fame induction. I've done a few concerts with him and stuff and, yeah, you've sung with Lou Bennett and all that mob, you know, Emma Donovan, we've all sung in the choirs with Arch doing all that stuff and it's, it's yeah, you know, that's what I love about it, you know. It, the, the Archie's mob are like the Tongans, you know. <laughs> they all rock up. You know, everybody comes, you know, do a session. There's the whole family, you know, everybody's eating and everybody's hanging out. It's really great. There's a million kids and, you know, and then, you know, got the ride. Like last time we did the Hall of Fame thing with Archie down in, in Warnable, it was a classic because everyone was backstage and there's this, like, massive sandwich rider and at the end... I could just see all the mob walking out with their little packages going, you want some, sis? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> there were ones off this way with a chicken one. go, you take the ham one, I'll take this. It was so funny. Oh, God, I laughed my head off. That was an incredibly moving induction. That must have been special to be a part of that. Yeah, well, Vic, poor old Vic was having a knee operation, so she missed it, but I, it was. It was a very... Ah, I mean, you know, anytime you're around Archie, that happens. <laughs> but I'm so happy to see, you know, represent Vicar and I and see that he get that award, see, to, to be there when he got it, you know, so well-deserved. And he was just so wonderful about it and having his family there and the kids dancing and his grandchildren and all of them moving around him uh, on stage was quite a sight to see because he just loved it. It really was amazing because he was not well, but when he sang, we couldn't believe it. He was just incredible. 
Like just something else happened. And there was this massive wind that went through. It was like this full-on feeling. I'm like, oh, we're not alone. We are not alone. And so he was singing and it was quite, I mean, that was another one that was just like, whoa, I was blown away. Like it was uh, something else from above. Yeah. And these ripples of charcoal laying manifest sometimes in the strangest of ways. In 2020, Briggs parlayed the sentiment of the children came back, his adaptation of Archie's Took the Children Away, into his children's book, Our Home, Our Heartbeat, which won the rapper the 2021 Australian Book Industry Award for Children's Picture Book of the Year. I know, right? Like, who would have thought? Adam Briggs, best-selling author, barely <laughs> finished school. You know what I mean? Terrible, terrible student. <laughs> like, you know, and like, again, it's just like, all I'm trying to do is like, just do what's in front of me. You know what I mean? And like, try to, try to pull some things out of this washing machine we're in, you know? <laughs> and in a nice piece of synchronicity, Archie also won a 2021 Australian Book Industry Award with his Tell Me Why, Taking Home Audio Book of the Year. Well, that's just testament to Archie and his his legacy, man. Like, no Archie Roach, no Our Home, Our Heartbeat. You know what I mean? That's it. Full stop. All good. I'm, I might have wrote another book. Who knows what I would have done, but I'm just saying that book specifically, you know, no Arch, no Children Came Back, no Our Home, Our Heartbeat. You know what I mean? So give the man his flowers. Now it's time for some final thoughts. Vicar and Linda have nothing but great memories of their involvement with Charcoal Lane. Yeah. So, we're so so proud. We're so happy that we were asked to do that, that we could, you know, something that our kids aren't embarrassed about. <laughs> yeah. Why do you laugh? You know, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah. They're like, yeah, my mum sang on that record. Pretty cool, eh? That's good. Yeah, I think that's true. I think what Vicar's saying is true. It's a real kind of like they're quite proud of the fact that we're involved with that as we are. That's something to hand down. My kids were dancing around to it in the kitchen when they were cooking the other night. You know, they, they hear things in it that I, I never heard different. They're picking up on different things and that's cool all those years later. And also they know Archie, you know, they... You know, they're kind of overwhelmed by his talent, but he's just so lovely that they kind of go, oh, wow, he's incredible, but he's also so down to earth, you know. It's good for them to see that. You don't have to be a big head to be really accomplished. It was just a really great positive experience. It was, you know, and also we learned a lot. We learned a hell of a lot, you know. It's a pretty good sign when you're listening to something all those years later, isn't it? And it still holds up. There's a lot of firsts for us on that record. You know, first for singing with Paul, working with Paul, working uh, a session of singers outside our, our band, Black Sorrows, working with Archie and Ruby and, and becoming part of that. All in one day was pretty wacko. But... <laughs> <laughs> You don't realize you don't realize it when you're in it. You know when you, when you're in the moment, you don't you have you haven't you don't really know what you kind of do, but you don't really know until it's great. You know, being able to look back on these things and try and remember. Yeah, you know, it's really good. So, 
sometimes it's difficult to remember things, but it's when you do, it's like, oh, yeah, gee, wasn't that great, you know, and just watching Archie sort of watching Archie, watching Steve, watching watching Steve and Paul work, you know, and, and producing his songs and stuff. That was that was lovely to to watch, you know, things like that. It's also like when you listen to that record now, you know, whenever we've done a session, we always remember what we've sung. It's not like it's it's parked, you know, and we just forget about it. When you hear a record that you've sung on, I think because you have to go so forensic on the part and like concentrate so hard, you really kind of never forget what you've sung. Uh, and Vicar and I can quickly slip into that, you know, singing the backing vocals on, on a lot of the records we've sung on over the years, but that one in particular, you know, I think if you did a concert, we'd just be able to kind of walk in go, yeah. <laughs> Because they're good songs. Emma these days is a board member of the Archie Roach Foundation, which exists simply to provide and nurture meaningful opportunities for First Nation artists. But that doesn't stop her from still being in awe of Archie's storytelling. I think that's where Uncle Archie is. Um, yeah, he's something special about him. Like he knows how to tell that yarn, and you know, no, there, you know, there is no. Um, feeling guilty or anything there's him being honest too and pretty raw about his story um but he's not pushing it on anyone i think that's one thing i've learned listening to his stuff um because you know it's where he wants to go with his message and story like and i'm talking for that the wider mob like outside the aboriginal communities and how we're gonna you know live and do this thing that we want you know that well, we don't know what we want some of us know what we want so i think that's the thing i've learned the most over the years is yeah how to be um patient and how to be um yeah just humble and um you know inviting um and and making sure that if you know if there's anything i do stick to it writing lyrics or songs that draw me more to a, like Uncle Archie's songs is that um, you know, we can all celebrate them together, black fellas and white fellas, you know, like we can you know, we can be proud and, um, yeah, and celebrate them together or take ownership of them. Another project or another artist that um, inspires me um, along them lines too is like the Mission Songs Project, Jessie Lloyd, um, she's the beautiful um, musician and she started this collection of songs from the 1900s, you know, called Mission Songs. And, you know, part of her agenda she yarns about is, you know, getting, getting you know, mob from outside our communities to celebrate them songs. They're dark. They've got a horrible history to some of them from the 1900s when blackfellas didn't have a voice. But they're there and we want them sung, you know, and we want mob to take ownership of them, not just black followers, everyone. And it's about taking ownership of that history, you know, that not, we get a bit, might get a bit funny about or, you know, hard to talk about. Um, but, yeah, just that little extended yarn there about, you know, some of the way Uncle Art, like you said, the way he does share, he, he's, got, he's got a beautiful presence and he's very, uh, I love his approach. Always the biggest love and respect to um, Uncle Arch and, and the family. Um, 
I just think for a man like Uncle Arch, even today, you know, even some of his health problems that he's had and, you know, with everything through COVID, he's still chugged on, you know, and he's been doing all this amazing work online with young people and opening up conversations and yarn and still finding a way to put messages and things out there um, with every condition, you know, his health and, and everything with, you know, lockdown. Um, now I love him. Um, if I, yeah, I, I guess I get a little bit too emotional when I, when I talk or think of him. Um, and I shouldn't because yeah, this is very, very, very blessed and good time to be, um, able to witness all these beautiful albums. I'm yeah. And along with a, a lot of people, very, very amazing to, yeah, it's just a beautiful album. Gerard still is blown away today by Chuck O'Lane as he was when he first heard it 30-plus years ago. It's a record that, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you can listen to this thing on Spotify anytime you like these days, but, you know, it, it's a record that I think people should listen to on a regular basis because I think it really is a great... Is it, it really puts you back in your place and it makes you think about other things apart from yourself, which is what most people tend to think of, including me. And uh, you listen to that record and to those beautiful lyrics and straight away you are, you're, you're really, you know, it's a great dose of reality and, um, and it's a beautiful, it's a, it's, and it just sounds so good. It's, it's a record you can, you can just put on and you just listen to this record and it's just, it's a beautiful production. Paul and Steve did such a wonderful job on that thing. And, and the playing, the people that perform on it, Vicar and Linda, Neil Finn, uh, Tim Finn's on that as well. And it, it's just an amazing record. It's, it's a treasure. Eleanor also remains completely thrilled at having been involved in the project. Genuinely, Archie's one of the most incredible artists that I've worked with. You know, like it's exciting to work with a lot of them, but I remember, you know, having to give a speech at, one of his things and saying like there's actually not that many where I'd say I genuinely feel honoured to have worked on it but Archie's Archie was one and on top of that just a lovely lovely man. For Paul it's the inspiration Chuck Lane has provided to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artists which remains a core legacy. Yeah I think Archie has opened up a lot of doors it, it was uh, just the timing of when it came out, the the, the strength of his storytelling, the uh, the rawness of his emotion, but uh, that that strong strong soul voice. I call actually to me, he's a soul singer. So um, I, I, I totally understand why that that record is an inspiration to many people. Musically, yes, but also. Um, in its storytelling that, that it's, it's gives um, other, indigenous, other Indigenous songwriters and bands, you know, um, you know, it sort of plants a flag in the ground and says, yes, we, we, can, we can do this. Let, let's, let's pick up from Uncle Arch. I mean, I think Kev Carmody's done, done a similar thing. They've been an inspiration to, to lots of young bands and singers. Briggs just reckons Chuck Lane is a straight-up classic. I don't know what else I could say that isn't already said better by his mates at the time or that he reflects on himself or that I haven't already said. It's just, um, 
I just don't feel like we could, you know, give that album and Archie enough props and enough, um, you know, it belongs in the pantheon of, of great records. You know what I mean? It, it belongs up on that mantle, up on that shelf of, you know, Australia's best. And Archie, he's typically humble, but entirely aware of the important role Charcoal Lane has played in his amazing journey. Oh, yeah, of course. The Charcoal Lane is, is, is certainly special. You know, and, uh, if I hadn't have gotten to do that, if I, if I, I just had a seat now. And Ruby hadn't, you know, what the argument would be about it, you know. Uh, and, and I'd never done it. I don't know where it'd be today or what I'd be doing, but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's important, you know. It, it was, uh, certainly became a catalyst for, for what I do now, today. And there's no more worthy reason than that to celebrate this amazing album. I'm going to leave you with the song that has loomed large over this rewind, the song that introduced Archie to the world and remains one of his most powerful statements, to me one of the most important and best songs ever to come out of this country, the original Paul and Steve produced Charcoal Lane version of Took the Children Away. This story's right, this story's true I would not tell lies to you Like the promise said they did not keep and how they fenced us in like sheep Said to us, come take care of him Set us up on mission name Told us to read, to write and pray Then they took the children away Took the children away The children away Snatched from their mother's breast Said this is for the best Took them away Welfare and the police came Said you've got to understand We'll give to them what you can't give Teach them how to really live Teach them how to live their same Humiliated them instead Taught them that and taught them this And others taught them prejudice Took the children away The children away Breaking down mother's heart Caring us all about them One dark day on Framling Hay Came and didn't give a damn My mother cried, go get their dead He came running and fighting me Mother's tears were falling down Dad shaped up and stood his ground He said, you touch my kids and you fight me and they took us from a family Took us away They took us away Snatched from our mother's breast Said this is for the best Took us away 
so much for checking out this season of Rewind. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did putting it together. I'd like to give a massive thanks to Archie and his manager Jill for being so welcoming to the podcast and Archie of course for the beautiful music which inspired it. I'd like to thank all of the other guests for their time, memories and insight, Paul, Briggs, Emma, Vicar and Linda, Eleanor and Gerard. It's super appreciated. And thanks to the Euphony team, my producers Craig and Masty, and my tireless engineer Zig for helping bring it all together. I'd like to dedicate the Charcoal Lane Rewind to the memories of Ruby, Stephen and Michael. And just a couple more things. If you've enjoyed this season and know anyone in your life who's a fan of Archie or Australian music in general, please let them know about the podcast. That word of mouth is so important. And I know everyone says it, but please rate and review Rewind if you've got a spare minute. That's really important too in us finding new ears. And if you haven't checked out the other Rewinds, jump on the Euphony website or your favourite podcast provider and have a dig. There's some great ones there, something for everyone. Thanks heaps again. I'll catch you all soon. Rewind with Steve Bell is a Euphony podcast. Produced by Craig Trawick and Andrew Mars. Recorded and engineered by Zig Parker. Theme music by Dulla Bar. For more Euphony podcasts, visit our website, Spotify, Apple, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.